0: so caught up in the sports that have been suspended or events canceled since the outbreak of the COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic that we haven't given much thought to what might be coming in the fall or what might not be coming. That is, could the pandemic endure long enough to affect the football season? That's the topic today on Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Stars daily sports podcast. It's Friday, March 27th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. We zero in on college football with Dennis Dodd, a national college sports writer for CBS, who lives in Kansas City. Dennis wrote a piece that we've included in the show notes here that tackles the topic of an impacted college football season. What if there is no college football? That's the thought coaches, players, and fans don't want to fathom, but college athletic administrators quietly have been discussing all possibilities, including a worst case scenario. What's the importance of college football? Well, in some surveys, it's the nation's second most popular sport behind the NFL. But more importantly, revenue from college football is the lifeblood for major college athletic programs like Mizzou, K-State, and Kansas. Dennis' story estimates that 80% of major college athletic budgets come from football. And you'll hear in a clip from Big 12 Commissioner Bob Bowlesby before we get to the interview with Dennis, that college football athletic budgets will feel some pain for losing out on the NCAA tournament and other streams of revenue but in Bolsby's words it's a whole new ball game without college football so you'll hear from bowlsby and then our conversation with dennis god after a break we'll play some covid 19 public service announcements from four college football coaches starting with missouri's eli drinkwitz who's only been on the job for about four months after coach drink you'll hear the unmistakable gravelly voice of lsu's ed ogeron who, as far as I know, was the first to deliver a public message. That happened on March eighteenth. After Orgeron, you'll hear from Alabama's Nick Saban and Texas's Tom Herman delivering messages to their fans and college football. So okay, here we go. First with Bob Bolsby and then Dennis and I talking about college football's path in a Covid nineteen world.
1: It's a whole new ball game if uh, if we find ourselves not playing football because it it affects everything we do. It affects, um, the, the largest portion of our TV contract and it. It, uh, affects the, the, uh, the largest source of campus revenue, which is live gate. So, um, you know, it's anything that I say regarding finances, um, are it has to make the assumption that we're going to be back to playing football in the fall. If if that doesn't uh, happen, then, um, we uh, the the underpinning of of you know what we've known as normal uh, goes away and we'll have we'll have major changes to make.
0: All right, Dennis, um, we have got an interesting college football scenario before us, or I should say, college football has an interesting scenario before it, and and that is as, as we lament not playing um, the NCAA basketball tournament and not having Major League Baseball uh, going on right now, or anything else for that matter, Indy 500, Kentucky Derby, nothing is happening because of the coronavirus. Um, We're we're looking into the future a little bit and seeing that um, there, there may be maybe some other sports that are in peril because of this. And one of those is college football. You wrote a story this week for CBS com about it. What, what did you find out from the people you talked to and uh, about the prospect of, of college football season 2020?
2: Well, basically that it had become a talking point that there may not be a season and there, you know, there may be, it may be time to plan for that. And what does that even look like considering that that's the heart and soul of of college athletics for an enterprise uh, that really goes year to year. Um, there's not there's no bailout for college athletics. The NCA had you know some some money left over for rainy day fund to pay to help offset the cost of uh, not running the tournament, but it didn't even come near uh, what they would have distributed. In in the college uh, on campus, there there's virtually none of that. They spend every penny they make in general, and without football to fund basically everything, it's it's a dire, you know, it's a dire forecast. But people are people are talking about it. There are contingency plans being made, but the future is so uncertain that that nobody really knows right now.
0: Nobody does. And and Bob Bowlesby, the Big Twelve commissioner, who you heard at the top of the. The program here met with reporters on a teleconference yesterday, and you had an opportunity to talk to him as well. And uh, his, you know, basically the tone of his teleconference, which lasted for an hour. And and really, I, I really thanked him for, for doing that. He, I don't know of another major conference commissioner that has done that yet. Uh, and I, th- I think a lot of them will in the next uh, week or so. But, but Bob was you know, talking about most of the theme was be careful. Basically, what you're hearing from everybody, but then the but then the conversation rolled around to football, and what might happen with with college you know, athletic budgets without football, and the conversation turned you know, pretty dire. That uh, uh, everything he was saying in terms of being able to su- survive financially was based on having college football in 2020, and without it, all. You know it's as he said, it's a whole new ball game without college football. I think I read in your story 80% of FBS budgets are made up of college football revenue.
2: Yeah, and I, I use the example of Georgia just because I had been talking to the Georgia AD and their oh budget revenues, whatever, um, are the sixth highest in the country. I think 176 million. You take eighty percent of that away, they'd be down to thirty-five million. And while that sounds like a lot, it it would not be enough to fund um, everything they have on campus. Um, scholars, you know, somebody has to pay for those scholarships first of all. And at some places, there's a there's an athletic association that raises money for those scholarships. But at a lot of places, like in the Sun Belt, they they depend on student fees to pay for those scholarships. And if there's no no football, they're not going to pay those student fees pretty soon. But, I, you know, 80 percent, I think the quote from uh, maybe it was Ray Anderson, the, uh, the AD at Arizona State. Um, maybe it was Bob. I don't know. But I, I wrote this down yesterday. If if uh, fall sports are impacted financially, it would ruin a lot of athletic departments. You know, if there was no football. I think we'd be talking about some programs at the bottom end dropping football.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't think a college, at least temporarily, right. I don't think a college sports season would begin in the fall if if there was no football. Would begin in the fall, looking like uh, a regular college sports season. I just I can't see how that happens. Uh, so, right. You know, looks all these events have already been postponed because of the the practice of social distancing and all the medical professionals are saying that this is the the way to, you know, to proceed college football and football and NFL, uh, brings together tens of thousands of people. And, um, look, we know right now, as we're talking on, on Friday, March 27th, one of the, you know, one of the hotspots for this is New Orleans and we know that Fort Lauderdale has, um, you know, has been a you know with, the, with spring break crowds, you know, and, and, and you, know, they're, 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 you know that was a hot spot as well. We're talking about states and places where college football is so important to the people who live there. And I just I don't know I, I can't imagine I can't imagine a, a season starting without college football, but. Practice, you know, best practices better be employed now if if we're going to ensure having a you know a, a football season because we've already we, we already know we're not having spring football and and look right. summer training I think is in peril as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's two there's and for the most part, you know, I think the colleges have observed that they are social distancing, meeting remotely. Um, I don't know of any school that's having staff meetings every morning in person. Um, so they're, you know, in the off season, they're abiding by this, but there's a couple of things you have to think about before we start playing football. You know, we are, as we record this five months and two days away from the kickoff of the season. Can, can you imagine gathering a hundred thousand people in a stadium on a sweaty Saturday night, say in uh, death Valley to watch uh, it'd be 200 players on the sideline, uh, butting heads for 150 plays, 22 of those. I, I can't. Um, and then you get to the point where, you know, if if you're going to start this on time, let's say with fall practice in early August, you've got to assume or be pretty sure there's going to be pretty much zero positives among the players or coaches. because if right. Because if there's one, they've interacted with everybody in a locker room. And so you'd have to quarantine them. And all of a sudden, you don't have enough to play football. So I think that's something people have missed. That, that came to me after I wrote the piece. It's like, OK, you know, th- this is how this started. Rudy Gobert. And then everybody freaked out. And that's when it really hit home for a lot of people. And the NBA shut down. You've got to be pretty darn sure this thing is eradicated, not just lowering the curve. I think eradicated before you snap a ball.
0: That's why Bowlesby yesterday on his conference call was pretty adamant about not making decisions mm-hmm. right now about uh, contingency plans or at least announcing anything uh, said, look, the next 30, 60, 90 days will will tell us everything and I, I think that's the that's the prudent approach, isn't it? Uh, you, you sure. can't you you can't make a call on uh, on on summer workouts or anything like that or or how the season might, start uh then uh and, until you have more information until the you know the curve flattens if you will and uh and that's what we're all all waiting for in you know in, with this with this virus you know one thing Dennis that <laughs> I I have found interesting is in certain parts of the co- college football is popular all over the country but it's incredibly popular in the southeast and I've noticed that a couple of high profile coaches Ed Ogeron and and Nick Saban have put out some public service announcements, and so I guess Tom Herman has as well now at Texas, and and Eli Drinkwitz at Missouri put put one out as also, and it it, it just it made me think about how much you know influence a college football coach, especially in the the SEC or in the that part of the country, has with fans. Don't you think that's a a good way to at least try to get the message out to people that it's serious to have Ed Ogeron or Nick Saban deliver that message.
2: I I do. When Nick Saban released his statement, you know, Twitter blew up with people just retweeting it, you know, like, Oh, this must be serious. Um, Scott Strickland, the AD had a good anecdote. Uh, when I was talking to him for that piece, he said, if you could, if you could tell every fan in the South, you know, we guarantee we're going to play college football. That on time but you have to stay indoors and not do anything for two weeks they do it um <laughs> if you can promise them that now you can't right now but that's a good way to look at it you know if this then that you know <laughs> that's a good right. way to put it and there's i i got a lot of reaction to the story in that people were like putting their their hands over their ears saying i don't even want to hear it you know it's uh tony barnhart our colleague who uh with the SEC Network right now, among others, said uh, he's got a bunch of guys, his fraternity brothers, they go to the Florida-Georgia game every year, going for 30 years. And when they saw this happening, they said, you can do anything you want, but you better not take away Florida-Georgia. I mean, that, that's the, that's the <laughs> mentality out there. I don't know what to say to those people. It may, not, it may be out of your hands.
0: I'll tell you, I don't know what uh, what an abbreviated season would look like, you know, conference games only or um, starting the season late. Like all the seasons are the ones that are missing action now. I've talked about, you know, Major League Baseball playing all the way to the end of the year, the NBA going into the, you know, this season going into the fall. And all, every and we know that the the some, some of the individual events uh, like the Indy 500 or they're looking at uh, dates later, I, I don't. I don't know with college football or football in general, because of the number of people you're talking about, like we mentioned earlier, how, um, uh, it just, it just seems to me to be a difficult task right now to speculate on when, when a delayed season could start or when, um, uh, when we might, or what might have to happen for college football to, to occur. It, there's, there is just no answer right now.
2: No, you've, I, I talked to, um, Uh, Bronco Mendenhall last week, who I think is one of the more thoughtful people, forget coaches, one of the most thoughtful people I've ever met. And he's already thought this out. You know, he knows that uh, you can't postpone. It's going to be really hard to postpone football season. It's pretty much locked in. You've got, you know, you've got bye weeks, but you've also got bowl games on the back end, conference championship games, or you may not have access to the venue if you push it back because of the NFL. so he is he's already looked at this. They are actively planning at Virginia for an August first start from zero. No meetings in person, no workouts, no reps, no nothing. He said he can get his team ready from zero if they start August first with with this remote meeting and all this other stuff. Right. Um, he also threw out there, you know, he goes, what's a legitimate season, an eight game conference season. Uh, not playing non-conference games. I saw a report today that there was even whispers of starting in January. I think that would be a little bit. Yeah. yeah, I saw that. Crazy. I think that would be a little bit of student athlete welfare, because if you're going to do that, when do you start the 2021 season? That's a little bit too much to ask for, for college players, but, but something to think about. So I, I guess my short answer is everything's on the table, to, to preserve this golden goose that is college football and the money that goes with it.
0: You know, the money, the money is essential. That's what it's, it's the the lifeblood of, of major college sports. But I think there's also a, um, a psychological thing here too. Oh, that we're talk, yeah. talking about the psyche of, you know, of our country and sports and the NFL, uh, if, if football is delayed or doesn't happen or is somehow impacted, by, you know, by, by this, what a, it's, I, I, I don't want to rate the sports. Everybody has their favorites, but, you know, the surveys tell us that the NFL is the most popular game in America and college football is number two. And, um, and, and, and as I said, especially in the South and certain pockets of the country, it is, it is the most important thing. And some, you know, the, the prospect of not having football uh, college or pro is, I don't know. I, I, I guess I don't want to think about it right now. But, but people in athletic departments are having to think about
2: it. Yeah, it, it would have a profound psychological effect in that. Uh, look, baseball, we've had incomplete seasons. We had, I know off the top of my head, labor uh, issues in 72, 81, 94. They didn't play the World Series. Right, we've been, 95 got yeah, delayed. Got 95 got delayed, played 144 games. So we know, I, I'm not saying... We'd be used to that but that's happened in baseball it's very depressing there's no baseball now but fo- that's never happened with football through the assassination uh, of, of president kennedy through world war ii through nine eleven, um you know I, I think one of the salvations of nine eleven actually was i looked it up they were only playing 11 game 11 game seasons back then so they almost had uh, a delay built in where they could play the entire season, and I'm not saying that's what they're thinking about here because it's it's a 12 game season, but uh, it, it would have a profound psychological impact in, in the southeast and everywhere because we rely so much on it for our well being, you know, mentally.
0: Absolutely. Well, here's hoping um, we all get better and we have our sports seasons. Um, and, uh, we'll get to normal back to normal sometime, sometime soon after everybody has washed their hands, isolated themselves and done what has, what the medical experts not only suggest, but, uh, uh, kind of command that we do right now. So Dennis, Hey, great talking to you. Great catching up. And we'll talk to you again soon.
2: Hey Blair, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it.
0: Hey, it's Blair. Hey, we have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Stars' award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns we have to offer. And it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. For your convenience, your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. A lot of subscription services won't tell you that. They'll just sneak it on there. We just told you. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. As we mentioned earlier, some college football coaches have been featured in public service announcement videos to send good practice messages about COVID-19. We'll play them here. The first you'll hear is Missouri's Eli Drinkwitz. Then LSU's Ed Orgeron, Alabama's Nick Saban, and Texas's Tom Herman, his comes with background music.
3: Hey, Mizzou family. This is Eli Drinkwood. So I want to first start out by saying thank you for allowing me to be your head football coach. The past four months of representing you uh, has been tremendous, and I'm excited about what the future holds for us. Um, The second thing I'd like to do is just pass along my condolences to Coach Wittenhofer's family. Um, Our thoughts and prayers are with you at this time. The next thing I want to talk to you about is this COVID-19 pandemic. Our leaders have asked us to practice one, safe social distancing, and two, to stay at home whenever possible. See, this is personal for me because I've got a lot of family members, brothers and sisters who are on the front lines of this healthcare battle. And I know you do too. And we need to help them by reducing the the, uh, transmission of this virus. And the best way for us to do that is to stay home when possible. And if we can do that, then I really believe that our life will get back to normal sooner rather than later. See, adversity always presents us a great opportunity. And that opportunity for us right now is to not sacrifice what we want now for what we want most. And what I want most is for my family to be healthy, uh, for us to be able to play football in the fall. And we can do all of those things if we'll practice what our leaders have asked us to do, which, again, is to practice safe social distancing and, two, to stay at home when possible. And if we can all do those things, then this fall at Furrow Field, I'll be hearing you finish the chant. M I Z.
4: For every winning team, a key to success is learning the playbook. That's true in football, and it's also true as we take on the coronavirus. The spread of the coronavirus is a serious matter, but there's a game plan for keeping residents as safe as possible. Everyone has a role to play as we face this challenge together. Cover your cough with your elbow like this. Wash your hands thoroughly a full 20 seconds. If you're sick, stay home. If you think you should be tested, phone your health provider first. Avoid close contact with anyone who's sick. Protect your at risk family members, including the elderly. If you're not at risk, take care as you go about your daily business. Get the facts now from coronavirus.gov and your state health department. We're all in this together. Let's team up to protect our health.
1: First of all, I hope this message finds you and your family safe and well. On behalf of our program, we want to give thanks To all the medical professionals and caregivers in our state and across the country in these challenging times. Our daily routines have changed dramatically over these past weeks. Our staff is back to work, but we are working from home and obeying all social distancing guidelines. For Alabama football, the safety of our players and staff is what's most important. We are not having organized team activities of any kind but we are continuing to communicate and support our players while doing everything in our power to ensure their health, safety, and wellness. As we have said to our team, we share the same message to all of you. Please understand the following guidelines of social distancing. It's important. We ask that everyone please wash your hands often. Stay at home if at all possible. And when you have to be out in public, make sure you keep six feet between you and the nearest person. We are in this together, and as one team, we will get through these difficult times. And together, we look forward to all that's to come, like the opportunity to play college football this fall. But the best and safest way to ensure that happens is to listen to the experts, follow their guidelines, and take care of each other. Stay safe and roll tide.
5: Longhorn Nation, these are unprecedented and trying times we're in. We've been handed a challenge that none of us expected. We're dealing with great uncertainty and an opponent we all must defeat. To come away successful, it requires discipline, determination, commitment, patience, and perseverance. The message and response have been clear. We're in this together, and it's imperative that like any great team, we unite, come together, and wage this fight as one. We will get through this, be stronger, and have brighter days ahead. I can't wait for the time when we're back together, back on the playing field, and the prideful chance of Texas fight. That day will come again. But in the meantime, be diligent, be mindful, be prepared, and follow all the guidelines set by the medical professionals. From washing your hands to social distancing, everything matters now more than ever is the time to go 1-0 in everything that you do. Your teammates are counting on you. From our Longhorn football family to yours, take care of yourselves and those around you. The eyes of Texas are upon you. Hook them horns.
0: That'll do it for today and this week on Sports BKC, the Kansas City Stars daily sports podcast. Thanks to the production team of Derek Donovan, Savannah Smith, Randy Mason, Beth Welsh, Jeff Rosen, and Chris Pickett. a tip of the cap to our guest, Dennis Dodd. Dennis used to work at the Star. He and I go back more than 30 years, and it's always great catching up with him. Remember, coverage of the COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic is not behind a paywall at KansasCity.com. Please stay informed to the latest and most complete coverage of this global event on KansasCity.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week to bring you more episodes of Sportsbeat KC, where we talk sports in Kansas City every day.